0: 50, the top 50 most important things that happened at the Pirates spring training that concluded formally yesterday in Fort Myers, Florida. Todd Frazier would not crack that list. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning from Chicago. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates, and this, the Windy City, is where their 135th season will open up at Wrigley Field here tomorrow afternoon. I'm looking forward to actual baseball at an actual ballpark in front of, you know, actual humans and all that other good stuff. But I'm most looking forward, by far, to seeing some of the legitimately – Important and in a lot of cases, encouraging things that came out of this spring training apply themselves or not to the coming regular season. There were some good things that happened in Florida. Uh, I'm not the positive spin guy, believe me. <laughs> I've never been that when it comes to this team. But when I'm looking, or, or any team that I cover, but when I'm looking at some of these statistics, you say what you want about spring stats in one direction or the other, but when Kevin Newman bats six oh six and goes twenty for thirty three at the plate, with six doubles and five walks. That's that's a encouraging sign. He's still a younger player with a lot of years of control. And he's coming off a rough 2020. That mattered a lot. Just that he was able to turn it around in the spring. It doesn't matter at all starting Thursday, but it mattered at the time. Adam Frazier on the trading block for the last two or three months. Dude, he hit 488. 488. With two homers, six doubles, two triples eight RBIs, you know, <laughs> and the guy's a two-time Gold Glove finalist now in the last couple of years. That's a real thing. That actually really matters. Eric Gonzalez, who was supposed to be uh, in competition for one or both of those jobs, but in particular shortstop by the time it was defined, he hit 326. Brian Reynolds... One of the biggest swing votes or variables, however it is that you'd want to characterize him, coming off of a disastrous 2020, following a Rookie of the Year type 2019, he hit 304 With a team leading three home runs, nine RBIs, He drew five walks, hit from both sides of the plate, hit it to all fields. Colin Moran, who's going to be your cleanup hitter uh, after showing pretty good power and consistent power and an rbi uh what's the word i'm looking for here an rbi penchant i guess not everybody believes in that he had six rbis this spring as well 278 you know this was a really these these were really encouraging things for this team offensively i'm not even mentioning you know that and Gregory Polanco tailed off a little bit toward the end, but he started off really well uh, in the spring. Anthony Alford, who's going to be your your center fielder, hit two fifty with some pop, did some really good things on the base paths. Jacob Stallings, uh, he didn't hit all that great, but he's the best defensive catcher in baseball, and honestly, he's so good back there, I'm not even sure I care all that much how he does behind the plate, or I'm sorry, at the plate. But even then, he's always been like a 260 guy, you know? This has all meant something. You know what hasn't meant anything? Certainly not related to the amount of local fuss that it called. Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by North Shore Tavern. That is right next to Mike's Beer Bar. It's a sister-slash-companion venture right across Federal Street from PNC Park. You've probably been there. You're a baseball fan. You've probably been there. Well, Mike's is known for the 500 beers, all the local offerings, but right next door is Steak on a Stone. And within Steak on a Stone... You have the experience uh, not only of the dining, but also of North Shore Tavern being the only Pirates bar, I think, in existence. Visit North Shore Tavern on Federal Street. Not just on game days and game nights. They're open. They're open for business. Todd Frazier and the reaction that happened with, you know, his uh, first being told he was cut and then accepting that he was cut and now he's back after nobody else wanted him became something of a local thing for one reason and one reason alone. And that is that the overwhelming majority of the public, as best as I can gauge, is just sitting there waiting for something to use, to make fun of the Pirates, to to poke at them. Uh, this is This is very much get-used-to-it territory. There are people who only marginally follow baseball. There are people who don't follow baseball at all in Pittsburgh who just hear the word Pirates and feel compelled to jump into the conversation and say something that they just don't know anything about. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Meaning, if you don't know anything about baseball. There's a lot of things in this world I don't know anything about. Believe me, like most everything, relatively speaking. But I don't chime in on them. And I don't express strong feelings on them. Because I just don't know about them. Or I don't care about them. Or both. But this is what happens with the Pirates. They, they, someone thinks they smell blood with something this inane. The 35-year-old first baseman who was brought in on a spring invite was never signed to a contract, by the way, at least not until yesterday, but I'll get to that in a second. He was given some at-bats, shown some respect, showed pretty well, didn't do badly at all, hit the three home runs, Those had to have been on televised games for the way people reacted to them. And on top of that, from what I'm told, I I would not listen to a Pirates broadcast. I I always have the audio down. But I'm told that the Pirates broadcasting team really built up the Todd Frazier thing, which is also insane. He hit 250, had 28 at-bats, 7 hits, Three of them left the yard. A couple of them were pretty significant home runs, th- things we've gotten used to seeing with Todd Frazier back when he was in his prime, uh, in particular when he was with the Reds and was just crushing the Pirates. And maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. Maybe there's some fantasy that he can be that guy and whatever else here. Then I hear the leadership stuff and whatever. The leadership of a young team, of a truly young team in professional sports, does not come from veterans. It comes from coaches. The coaches are the ones that are in there working with those guys all the time. Now, is that the same as a game situation? No, not necessarily. Do veterans still have value in a younger clubhouse? Yes. But you don't base a roster decision on that. Not when you're a team that is very, very clearly building toward a year other than 2021. So what you have in the interim that also mattered in spring training was that Philip Evans, who hit really well and really impressed people in 2020 when almost no one was paying attention before he got hurt. Philip Evans hit 361. and he had 36 at bats, eight more at bats than Frazier did, only hit 111 points higher. And he smoked the ball. Uh, he, he got the thing off of his bat in a raging hurry. Eight RBIs uh, in that. That was second on the team. I'm sorry, third on the team behind Polanco and Hayes. Oh, wait. I never mentioned Cabrian Hayes. <laughs> Does he still matter, too? Okay, well, here's all Cabrian K- Hayes did this spring. He hit four thirty-one, with a couple of homers, six doubles, two triples, three walks, two steals. He scored nine runs, had 51 at-bats more than anyone. Just as a, I don't know if that's a show of respect or maybe that's just a discussion that he had with The coaching staff or they had with him about keeping him busy. But look what he did. You know, we said that that month that he had last season, no way you can replicate that. And there isn't. He'd have to be Ted Williams to replicate what he did last season. But he just did it in spring training. He actually outdid his numbers from 2020 just now in spring training. No, of course it doesn't count. I'm not being an idiot. But you know what does count? Brian Hayes and everybody else that I mentioned and anybody's talking about Todd Frazier and other silliness be very certain that those same people are going to be jumping on the next possibility the next first possibility to make fun of the Pirates for absolutely no reason when we come back Learn more at marines.com. Welcome back. Time for just one question. And today's comes from Jim, who asks the question is about Fraser, Adam Fraser, <laughs> who plays second base after this year. After this year, if you're being technical, I don't know. If you're talking about ultimately that's the position that'll belong to Nick Gonzalez, who is now the organization's top hitting top hitting prospect. He's actually the organization's top prospect since Brian Hayes was promoted. And he can hit. This kid can just... Flat out rake. The, the the stuff that he was doing uh, in Bradenton, not just in the Grapefruit Games, um, you know, in, in which you know he's he's able to 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 jump in and out. I'm looking up his stats here for you, if I can find them. Here they are. Yeah, two fourteen. He had fourteen at bats, three hits. Uh, one of them was a home run. Three RBIs. The home run was pretty impressive. He also. Doubled a ball uh, to the wall in right uh, for an RBI. He's he's a talent. He's obviously not ready. I mean, the kid was just drafted last year. But he's going to work his way up through the system. How fast he does that, as Ben Charrington likes to say, is up to him. Uh, he dictates that by his performance, by the way he improves in certain different facets. But at 2022 is that's that's a challenging timetable I mean he'd have to be out of his mind this year and I still think that's going to be difficult with the minor league seasons getting off to a later start with so much development having been lost to everyone in 2020 but in in his case specifically to the members of that draft class um it it's going to be really pushing it so what are we talking about for second base? I mean, I don't know, you know you can keep Adam Frazier. You can move Eric Gonzalez over there. You can have Eric Gonzalez play short and move Kevin Newman over to second. You could have Cole Tucker uh, learn how to hit with authority and then get his way into the infield mix. Not because of his defense, not because of his glowing personality, but because he's contributing to the offense. So there are possibilities in-house that aren't, you know, just stopgaps or fillers, and, and that's a good place to be because when you start doing that stuff on the diamond, no matter where you are in a building process, it's just a lousy look and a lousy feel. You know what I'm talking about. You, you say on one hand, well, we're doing this, and we're trading for all these prospects and everything, and then you show up at the ballpark, and it's just a bunch of old dudes on the field who you know have no future it has a dead man walking kind of sense to it. I'm not talking about fans here. I'm talking about to the actual organization. You know, to the managers and the coaching staff. They're invigorated naturally by working with these younger guys. They they love baseball people love taking credit. I'm not even saying that in a mean way, but taking credit when a young guy becomes this or becomes that Yeah, I was the one who showed him that, and I was the one who did this, and I was the one who kept him out of trouble that one time he went out on a Friday night or whatever. They love that stuff. So it's Nick Gonzalez's position. He's going to be the Pirates' second baseman. But assuming you meant your question literally, I don't know that it'll be in 2022. But you know what? Frazier doesn't have to go anywhere. You know, he just doesn't. Certainly not if he hits like this and keeps fielding the way he has. Good stuff. Thanks for the question. We'll do another one of these daily shots of Pirates tomorrow on the day of the 135th season opener for the Pittsburgh Baseball Club. Thanks so much for listening to this.